everyone, and welcome to the Asher Marketing Podcast. I'm Anthony Giuliano. My guest this week is Aaron Robles. Aaron, how you doing? I'm doing great. Well, thanks for being here. I'm excited to be here. So how does it feel to be on the other side of a podcast conversation? It's it's weird because I'm usually the one asking questions. Yeah. And I have to sit here and guess what people are going to ask me. <laughs> it's it's weird not being the one who's prepared and throwing the surprises at, at guests. But yeah, well, I'll try to take it easy on you. I'm sure you will. You know a lot of a lot of stuff about me. So <laughs> yeah, well, you've got a great story, and I want to get right to it and start at the very beginning because I think your story has potential to be impactful to a lot of people. Um, tell me about your life growing up, how you ended up in Fort Wayne, and what your career path has been like. Yeah. So super loaded question. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll kind of glide through and then you can feel free to pick apart any part you want. Yeah. But, um, I always start with the fact that I'm Mexican, born mm-hmm. in Mexico, mm-hmm. uh, Juarez um, in the early 90s, very bad place, lots of drugs, mm-hmm. um, border cartel, all of that. So a few months after I was born, my parents, 23 at the time, um, decided to come to America. Mm-hmm. So at eight months old, we came to the U.S., yep. stayed in Texas for about eight months, which is where my younger brother Isaac was born. Mm-hmm. And a few months after that, we came to Fort Wayne. Yeah. Um, didn't really have any connections here except for my uh, my uncle on, on my mom's side. He owned a, a property here and said, we're, we're moving if you guys want to come. Okay. We didn't have anything or any reason to really stay, so we decided to go. And so at five years old, five years old, okay, I've I've been in Fort Wayne. So as as much of a of an immigrant or from another nationality, I'm like I'm corn fed just like the rest yeah. of the people here <laughs> yeah. because I grew yeah. up here. I learned English here. Yeah, all of that. Yeah. So you go to school. You're at Anthus, correct? In high yeah. school, because you and I actually met. I think we we've known each other for a while, and we kind of went all in once we met each other, mm-hmm. but. You and I met when you were in Leadership Fort Wayne, and you told a story about Karen Gilly, who's a friend of mine, and realized that connection. But it sounds like you had a great experience in in high school. Yeah. I mean, I always tell people, Anthus um, is, I I think it's called the Career Academy now, but it's Anthus in my heart. Yeah. Um, One of the things I always say is Anthus and Karen Gilly are the principal reason why I'm in my career, why Mm -hmm. I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Because up until that point, I was like any lost 16-year-old kid, I guess I better pass the classes and figure out what I'll do later. Yeah. But that's when I got to sit down. I didn't know graphic design was a thing. Mm -hmm. I was always an artist. Yeah. And- Anthus and, and Karen Gilly specifically saw that potential in me and and nurtured it and went above and beyond to make sure that I was able to recognize and live up to my full potential. So, you know, to this point, um, I didn't have a direction and that direction just hit a trajectory and it activated something within me that I didn't even know I had at yeah. 16 years old. So yeah. I, I I always give credit to Anthus. I give credit to the incredible uh, teachers out in the world like, yeah. like Karen Gilly, who- yeah who could have just done the bare minimum of what was expected, but because she invested in not only her, but all of Anthus, a lot of other people, um, I was able to, to do the things that I'm able to do now. Yeah. Well, in your story, you and I have talked about this before, but I was on a path to nowhere, had an instructor, Bruce Gilman, who said, hey, you're a pretty good writer. I didn't know that. And all of a sudden that became a career path for me. So very similar story. So you go from Anthus and graphic design to where from there? So I had a plan, right? And like 
every person in life, the plan always goes. Everybody perfect. has a plan until you get punched in the face. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. So <laughs> I got a mean yeah. left hook from life um, <laughs> when, you know, I had planned my junior and senior year. Um, I was focused. Yep. I wanted um, to go to college. I wanted to be one of the first in my immediate family to go to college. So I got up to the point where I had gotten a two-year scholarship to um, St. Francis, mm-hmm. 21st Century Scholars. Mm-hmm. I was pumped. I took the tour. I was like ready to go, ready yeah. to take it to the next level. Well, when I went to go fill out FAFSA, I realized that because of my legal situation, I wasn't able to legally get any federal aid. Mm-hmm. So that scholarship went away yeah. real quick. Yeah. Um and at that point, you know, you're in such a state of disbelief. And keep in mind, at this point, as I was getting older, I started realizing all the limitations I had. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get a driver's license, yeah. couldn't work, couldn't, you know, move out. There's so many things I couldn't do. And at 18, it's kind of like, okay, well, then why am I here? Mm-hmm. Like, what am I? Mm-hmm. So after that, I mean, I took a year off of college, um, just really bummed out, you know, yeah. depressed on what am I going to do? All this ambition, but it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um Took that year off, and then around that same time, I ended up uh, getting a job at Darlington and then enrolling in um, Ivy Tech Mm -hmm. to get my uh, design degree for a short while. Yeah. So Darlington is a big opportunity for you because you start – I remember you and I talking that you're kind of given tasks that – you kind of take and run with and you make your own way there. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. It's, I I think that was one of the first real examples of what like grit can do. Um, You know, I started, um, I started working there at, you know, 18, fresh out of, out of high school, just, you know, doing the basic jobs, helping clean, organizing, stacking, anything an entry level job would be. And, you know, from there, because it's a seasonal job, it's only three months out of the year. I worked for three months. Then. Um, didn't come back. So not hired to do graphic design. No, yeah. no. It was like, hey, here's a job you can have. Yeah. Right. Here's <laughs> yeah. Here, here's a job that, yeah. based on your experience, your yeah. age, what you're able to do, yeah. you can get. So I worked there for three months. Um, then I was off once December mm-hmm. hit, and I was lucky enough to, at that point, kind of be peddling design work. You know, yep. seventy seventy dollar logos, yeah. Uh, yeah. fifty dollar whatever, mm-hmm. just any way. And granted, I was young, so I didn't need that much money. Sure, sure. But that's what I ended up doing. And then when I came back. Next year, um, I kept doing that work, but then I, I kind of, you know, stuck my foot in there and said, hey, you guys could use a little bit of help on the design side. I'd be happy to do mm-hmm. it. You know, I'm in college for it now. I did yep. it at Anthos. And you're a known quantity. You've gained some trust mm-hmm. there, working there yeah. for a while. Yeah. And the great thing is because it's locally owned, I got mm-hmm. to work and meet, you know, Brian and Trish, the owners, mm-hmm. like super well. I worked with them every yeah. day. So that was um, for me, it gave me the ability to kind of say, hey, let me try this. Yeah. And slowly, uh, little by little, they started saying, yeah, let's let's try it out and see what happens. Okay. So when I think of your skills, graphic design is one of the bullet points, but it's mm-hmm. not even like in the top three because you have expertise in entrepreneurship. You've got expertise in social media and digital media. How do you pivot from graphic design to the entrepreneur side? Because you, obviously, with the Ignite Institute and other things that you've done, that's a focus of your work. Where do you get that interest, and how do you parlay that into something else? It was, I mean, it was a continuation of of that Darlington journey where I got in and 
I was just going to do design work. But, you know, Brian said, hey, how about you manage some of these, you know, um, account people that, you know, we do a lot of advertising with radio station, newspapers. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. a lot of people trying to get his attention. Yeah. So he said, how about you manage those people, work with them, yep. and, you know, you can design some ads and do some mm-hmm. stuff. So they started giving me responsibilities mm-hmm. and I started, you know, pretty much having to step up to that. I'd yeah. never done any of that. Yeah. I was a designer, yeah. but yeah, I was a new designer. Yeah. So I had, okay, let's figure out what this is. Mm-hmm. You know, um, sometime later they came back, I think it was year three, the beginning of year three, they said, hey, we want to give you a promotion. Mm-hmm. We, we want to give you a raise. We want to give you some more responsibility and have you spend part-time in the office. Yep. I was still doing the normal stuff, but part-time in the office. Yeah. And, um, but they're like, you're going to have to leave school. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there. Um, keep in mind, year one of school was Photoshop Basics, and I graduated high school with the certification in Adobe. So you're working on a credential that you're already skilled in. It's oh, kind of yeah. like I, I'll get the piece of paper, but I'm not really learning much. I mean, I really wasn't learning anything. Yeah. And it, it sucked because all of these were four-hour night classes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they did the learning and then you they gave you the, the assignment. Yeah. Then I get it done in 10 minutes and yeah. I can't leave. Like, they wouldn't yeah. let me leave early. That's a lot of time to do nothing. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And <laughs> yeah. I, I, I had someone tell me at one point, it's like, well, no, you have to help the other students. Hmm. I'm not going to pay you to teach other students. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it, it wasn't a very fulfilling experience <laughs> sure. for me. Sure. Again, thanks to Anthus, right? Yeah. Because everyone else had never mm-hmm. done the things that I'd done. So I had to make a decision. Do I stay here, keep paying for education that I already have to get a yeah. piece of paper, even though it's keeping me from my actual clients that are yeah. already paying me to do the work? Or do I leave it? Do I take this advancement? And keep in mind, you know, my opportunity is, is very limited in terms of what I'm able to do at this point. So I, I didn't want to be an ambitious, dumb 18-year-old who just said, I don't want to go to college. Yeah. So I spoke to Karen Gilly, you know, mm-hmm. life mentor there, yep. and then the chair of the department at Ivy Tech. And mm-hmm. both of them knowing me really well, they said, you got to take that job. Yeah. So I was super grateful that these educators, again, lots of love for educators, they took the time to say, here is what you should do. So I ended up um, leaving school the last semester, didn't finish, um, took the job or the promotion at Darlington, and I said, okay, what do we call this? I don't care, pick a title. He just yeah. wanted me to do the yeah. job. Yeah. So what do I do? I think of the most marketable thing I could put on a resume. <laughs> so I'm going to be the marketing director. Yeah, for They'd sure. never had one. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, cool. So then yeah. they're like, Sounds good. Yeah. So then what do I have to do? I Google, what does a marketing director do? <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. you have to live up to the part, oh, you know, sure. to the point where sure. that's where I learned mm-hmm. my web development skills. That's yeah. where I learned my marketing skills, um, social media skills. I, I was even a manager for a while. So I learned all of these skills and that shifted me from a graphic designer to like a creative problem solver who has graphic design as one of his tools in the belt. Yeah. But that's kind of what expanded me of like, oh, I don't need to just be one thing. I can do all of these things. And as long as I know and can use Google well enough, people will pay me the money to do it instead of them trying to figure it out. Yeah. Well, and I think going back to your comment about education, I think really good teachers don't really care how you learn. They, They understand that formal education is one way. But for some people, that's not even the best way. It's a tool, but it's not the entire toolbox. Now, speaking of all the stuff you do, you will notice that when I introduced you, I didn't say Aaron Robles with 
X company because mm. you're involved in a lot of different entities, including Asher. We're really lucky to have you as part of our team. But you have Hypernova. You have the Ignite Institute. What am I missing? Connect all those dots for me, the organizations you're involved with. Yeah. And I'll tell you that in the last few years, it's made it super difficult to have business <laughs> cards. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I don't know what to put on them. But so there, there's a few things. You know, Hypernova, I think it's the latest iteration of my design career, mm-hmm. right? Social media, graphic design, yep. you know, even a little bit of video, all the creative and marketing stuff that I've always done. Um, then you have Founder Spark, which is something that I started in 2018, um, really meant to help entrepreneurs and people who want to be entrepreneurs, right? Mm-hmm. So we were doing monthly events where mm-hmm. I interviewed entrepreneurs and we had a, a roughly 80 to 100 people show up. Mm-hmm. The Ignite Institute is a program under yep. that. And so that's focused on entrepreneurs, helping them get to where they want to get. Mm-hmm. And we're very fluid on how we do that. Like I said, we've done live events, you know, yep. um, we've done educational courses, all sorts of things. And the third thing that is probably the most out there for me, um, my girlfriend, as great and ambitious as she is, uh, we started a a company where we we've been buying mobile homes and we're renting them out. Mm-hmm. So we're starting to take it into real estate and and figuring out how to start making some passive income and things like that. So yeah. you know all of those very interesting things that we've done, including one of them, we just bought seven point four acres of land in Colombia, mm-hmm. and we want to start growing something out there, yeah. avocados or something. So yeah. yeah, a lot of interesting things. And I think what I've discovered about myself is I love building. Mm-hmm. I love learning. And mm-hmm. then I love trying things. Yeah. So I yeah. think that's really my winding path of all the things I'm doing. Yeah. Well, I, I know your professional life is complex because for two reasons. Number one, I consider my professional life complex, but it pales in comparison to yours. Mm-hmm. And you and I are connected in ways that sort of reflect the complexities of our yeah. professional lives, which I think is great. Um, so talk to me a little bit about some of the things you're working on now that are really exciting to you. I know one of them that I, I hope you'll speak about is the podcast series that you just started, but talk about that and then other things that are on your plate right now that are exciting to you. Yeah, so um, I would say that right now, the thing that's taking up most of my attention is the show, mm-hmm. right? So when we when COVID hit, we stopped doing our, our live events, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and we were trying to figure out what do we do now? Yeah. So we had recorded a lot of audio in the past of the live show. Mm-hmm. So we said, let's take these, let's put them together and put it out on a podcast yep. just so that some of these stories can be shared. Yeah. So, you know, there were audio that sounded really good. Mm-hmm. Then there was a few ones that didn't sound that great because yeah. when you use a lav mic, people get very handsy and they start patting the, the, so, you know, and yeah. others just, you know, audio failure, whatever it happened, but we did our best. We took all this great content, we put it together and we put it in a podcast. And because I didn't want to be lame and cause I'm a branding guy, I didn't want to say founder spark podcast. So last minute, literally last minute, I just decided heart of the hustle. Mm -hmm. And that's how that was born. Mm -hmm. So we just put it, we're putting episodes out that were just kind of um, from our live events. And we did that for um, about a year or it was all condensed, but we did it during COVID and just to see what happened. Mm -hmm. So now we came together, me and Silver Birch Studios, my partners, um, we came together through Adam who helped me with season one of the Mm -hmm. podcast um, Adam Blackburn, and he's working with them and said, I think that there's some opportunity here. So mm-hmm. he got us to meet super great people. And that's where we decided to do Heart of the Hustle season two, yeah. which 
really it's season one because now we're creating specifically for the platform. We're sure. doing video. So it's beautiful HD video, high quality audio. Yeah. So it's almost a rebirth of, of a concept. But it sounds way better when you say season two. <laughs> it does. I got a track record. Yeah, there you go. So, and by the time this is released... It'll be, you'll have multiple episodes under your belt of season two. Um, you just did one with someone who we know in common. That's Don Roseman. Tell me about that experience working with Don. Oh, Don is is phenomenal. I mean, I met Don maybe a year or two ago. And it's funny because she was supposed to be my next speaker for Origins. Mm -hmm. We had to cancel that event like three days before the oh, event geez. came. Yeah. That was that one weird week where everyone canceled yeah. everything. Yeah. And I was like, oh, but Dawn, like she's just an energy, yeah. anyone who's ever spoken to her. So we had to cancel it. And then, you know, that's when we kind of pivoted. Everything changed. We re released season one of the podcast. So when we got the idea to do season two, I was like, I know exactly who I need to call first. Mm -hmm. So called Dawn, talked to her about it, and she was like, yep, let's do it. Yeah. Um, and it was great because we already knew each other. We had already prepped for the interview, so all that stuff was kind of still there. Mm -hmm. um, but now it was like, all right, what's happened since? Yeah. What has continued to change since? So um, that experience with Dawn was super phenomenal because I told her even when we went to lunch before we did this, you could literally just hit record Every time we sit and we have a podcast, <laughs> yeah, we have yeah. an episode, there's yeah. something there. And it's that thing where, you know, like no one has to pretend. Mm -hmm. We're sitting there and we're yeah. talking and it's a great time. So yeah. Dawn is just such a great example of how no matter how successful you are, or how much money you make or how accomplished or the first of this is or that, how, you know, if you don't like love yourself and embrace yourself and, you know, give yourself the ability to or the permission to be as great as you were meant to be, mm -hmm. how you can still not be happy and fulfilled. And her ability to just tell her story in such a way that impacts so many people is super inspiring. Yeah. So. And to make it relatable, you know, for those who are listening who don't know Don. Dawn is with Barnes & Thornburg. She's a litigator, but she also recently took a position as the chief diversity officer for the entire law firm. Yeah. And she has a big job. It's a job that's, you know, national in scope. Um, but she's as real as it comes. You know, yeah. she's someone I, I worked with her for the short time I was at Barnes & Thornburg and still treats me the same, even though she's got a much bigger stage today. And, um, you know, that's one of the reasons I think she connects so well with people. Yeah. And, you know, she's been able to turn her story into a, a business, right? So her business, Rain, is is a platform where she helps empower people, yeah. where, they, where she helps with leadership and how do we all find our greatness? So mm -hmm. it's, it's such a compelling story because it's similar to Founders Park. Mm -hmm. Because of all of that stuff with Karen Gilly, Brian, yeah. all yeah. the mentors that I had, yeah. you know, I said, how do we turn this around? Yeah. How do I start to help other people who need the kind of help that I had, mm -hmm. you know, when I wasn't able to do it on my own? Yeah. So, you know, Dawn's mission is so similar in a way that is very authentic to her. Yeah. And I think that's why we all relate because we're all giving back because we we realize how much we received and how mm -hmm. much um, that can really change us for the better. Yeah. So you've got the Heart of the Hustle season two. Mm -hmm. um, what else do you have going on that's obviously you've got the, yeah. the property in Columbia, you've got the mobile home business. You get a lot going on. What are the things yeah. that are most exciting to you right now? Well, you know, on the other end, and, you know, totally honest, my friends at Asher, I've, uh, you know, we started working together a few months ago, and yeah. that has been so tremendous for me in so many ways. I always say the best thing about me is that 
I know how to take an opportunity by the horns, yeah. right? So, you know, it's the ability yeah, to sure. work with you directly. Uh, yeah. Dave B. Good, who I've known for yeah. a long time. I met him at Darlington. He was oh, really? one of the radio people yeah. that I had okay. to, you know, communicate with regularly. So, I mean, me and him go way back, plus all the AEs, all the clients, yeah. everything. It's been so exciting for me to kind of be able to work with all these professionals because I'm used to just me. Yeah. Right. I do everything. Yeah, sure. So then, you know, to be able to to work on some of the things we're working on, um, it's great because it's so varied, mm-hmm. right? All the accounts yeah. are so different yeah. that no two days are the same. Yeah. And everyone that I've worked with, um, for the most part, has been digital. So I haven't mm-hmm. seen a lot of face to face. But um, you know, either phone calls, messages, whatever, it's it's been such a great experience. And for me, as I look at Hypernova, Hypernova mm-hmm. during the start of Founder Spark and even during COVID was like super quiet. Yeah. Right? It's like, hey, sure. if work comes, it comes. If it doesn't, it yeah. doesn't. And then at some point this year, I made the decision to say, no, like I got to put my energy into mm-hmm. it. And when I did, things started happening. Yeah. And then, you know, just this opportunity yeah. with Asher fell from the sky. And it's just been such a great lesson of like, when you put your energy towards something, it's going to grow. Yeah. And well, and it's been tremendous for us too. And we really appreciate it because you are skilled in so many different areas. I mean, let's just count a few things. You and I have worked together on design projects. Mm-hmm. We've worked together on social media stuff. We work together on a strategy for a small business. You've been a guest speaker at my class. Mm-hmm. You're going to be an expanded guest speaker at my next class. <laughs> yeah. So it's really great to have someone on our team with all those skills. And for me personally to know I can bring stuff to you. And not only is it going to be done well, it's going to be done 10 times better than if it were just me. That's huge, and that's that's a huge benefit to me personally and to Asher as a whole. Yeah, and I, I it's one of those things where you look back and realize how much effort it took to get here, Yeah, right? Because I've been a graphic designer for about 14 years now, mm-hmm. which I'm 30, so that's yeah. like super impressive for me to say 14 yeah, years yeah. because I got such an early start, but even all the skills I learned along the way, like... I couldn't have performed the way I performed today two years ago. Yeah, sure. You know? Sure. But, you know, you earn it over time. I mean, one of yeah. my favorite things about getting older, and I'm significantly older than you, is when you are in a position where it looks to the outside world like you know what you're doing and you have an opportunity to relate to people in a way they don't expect. I mean, one of the things that I, I do is I work a lot with college students and there was an event with the University of St. Francis, and I was I was on stage as the presenter, right? So it appears to the audience that this guy knows what he's talking about. A student came up to me after, and they were like, well, you know, I'm afraid to even ask you a question because you're up here. And I was like, hang on, let me tell you where I was when I was your age. Mm-hmm. And I told this person a story about I was doing telemarketing. I, I was, you know, no career path, no idea what I wanted to do. In a job, it was temporary, but I hated it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, any... Any overnight success is about 14 years in the making, as your yeah. example proves. And I think people need to hear that. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's to get real, real here. It's it's a situation where, you know, you have to get yourself out of the position that you're in, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was really young, I, I kind of realized that as long as I keep blaming other people or saying yeah. the circumstances or whatever, yeah. I give the power to get out of my situation to those circumstances yeah. and people. And it doesn't. That's not ever going to help. Yeah. When I ask myself, what did I do to get myself in this? 
then you can say, what do I need to do to get myself out? And that has been so powerful because um, when I left the last job I had in 2016, I tried to start a business with a partner, didn't go well, Mm -hmm. ended up having to move back home. I couldn't afford Mm -hmm. to live on my own anymore. Mm -hmm. So I lived in my mom's basement from the age of what I would say 25, 26 to literally three months ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Three months ago, I moved out of my mom's basement. Yeah. Once yeah. I hit 30 and I was still in that basement, I was like, oh, <laughs> man. You know, yeah. but I I realized that I had kept myself in there for so long because I was scared of opportunity. I was scared of this. And, you know, I'll give so much credit to my girlfriend because we mm-hmm. met, you know, a year and something now. Yep. And, you know, she all the fears that I have, she does not have at all. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she's been so good at, at pushing me and pushing me and me like kind of trusting that. But in one year... Hypernova has grown, you know, I want to say five, seven times mm-hmm. in terms of the the business yeah. that I'm doing. Yeah. Founder Spark. Now we have a brand new show that we're yeah. putting out. We started a third business. I moved out of my mom's basement and now we have, you know, a house and I bought a new car because my old one, you know, just was about to fall apart. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I was addicted to just kind of like that martyr thing of mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm working hard and all the time and I'm struggling, but here we are. Yeah. And it's like, you can't help yeah. people that way. Yeah. Well, and and I always say that the biggest impediment to your own progress is you. And mm-hmm. that's true for all of us. It's certainly true for me. Mm-hmm. And you and I have talked about imposter syndrome and, and I've said imposter syndrome is just a sign that you're a good, decent human being. Yeah. <laughs> right. You have yeah. some humility, but it can also hold you back. Mm-hmm. And you got to listen to other people when they either implicitly or explicitly tell you that they trust you, then you got to deliver and that's where the confidence comes yeah. from. And, and and that was the change I had to make where it's like, I changed myself because, you know, a lot of us, when we get a compliment on anything, oh, no, it wasn't a big deal. No, it was really them. Like we put ourselves down mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. I decided anytime someone gives me a compliment, instead of me trying to like deflect it, I'm going to say, thank you. I worked really hard on it. Yeah, it's well, not great. Yeah. It's not me to saying, oh, yeah, it's it's phenomenal. I did a great job. A lot of us have a hard time, yeah. you know, patting ourselves on the back. But when you say thank you because they're giving you their opinion, it's not yours. And then number two, you're telling them the effort you put into that. Mm-hmm. Like that's a much better way for my brain to say, you know, thank you. I worked really hard. Right. Yeah. They're the ones saying it's great. You're just telling them what you did to get there. That slowly kind of changed um, my mindset and, and how I think. And, you know, you were talking about imposter syndrome. I think one of the craziest times that I, I had to deal with that, and it's just like life is just wild sometimes, is tw- 2019, end of the year, I got on the cover of Fort Wayne Magazine, mm-hmm. right? You had yep. John on the podcast before. Yeah. And super great guy. Love that guy. Yeah. But I got on the cover. And I mean, first off, they told me that, hey, you're one of the top 10 influential yeah. people, whatever the, it was. I was like, awesome, yeah. you know? And then they're like, then a few weeks later, like, we're going to put you on the cover. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Like, why? You yeah. know, it's, I'm <laughs> yeah. like, come on out of all these people. And for me, it was so confusing because I was doing the same thing I had been doing my whole life. Yeah. Working hard. Yeah. And at some point, every, I mean, 2019, that's when I did my TED talk. That's when I, I got the cover of the magazine. And what people don't really know is that the week that the magazine came out, that people were recognizing me mm-hmm. on the street, stopping me, congratulating me. Yeah. I had like all these Facebook requests and everything is the same 
week, my car broke down and I yeah. didn't have enough money to fix it. <laughs> yeah. So I was Ubering to yeah. the office because I didn't have any money. Yeah. But, you know, people would sit there and say, oh, this guy, you know, yeah. like, yeah. Hi, and my, I'm like, dude, I'm still broke. Yeah. That, they didn't pay me for that. They just put me on there. Well, it's a real balance because I think there's something to be said for hanging on to a little bit of that, mm-hmm. but not letting it stop you or be too much of a barrier. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. When somebody calls me and offers me a really great opportunity, my first thought is, yes, this is awesome. And then about two seconds later, there's a voice in my head that says, oh, shit, yeah. now I need to do it. Now, I that I think that's great in some respects because it generally inspires me to over-deliver, but I wish I could get a, get rid of that voice. I'm 52. I don't think it's ever going away. Yeah. I really don't. I wish I wish I knew how to. I think I'm get like like some of the strategies you've mentioned. I think I'm getting better at it. And now I kind of laugh at that voice. It's like, all right, he's still there, and that's good because that's going to inspire me to yeah. really do my job. Well, and then I think internally we get a better sense of what that good pressure is and yeah. the bad. Yeah. Like to the point where certain things, I'm a little stressed because I haven't prepared for it. But I know that give me 10 minutes or an hour yeah. or whatever that, and I'll get it figured out. Nine times out of 10, that's true. And I think what we don't oftentimes do is we don't acknowledge that saying, yeah. hey, what just happened? You prepared in 20 minutes and now you're completely fine. Yeah. So you need to stop freaking out as much and yeah. realize, you know, because now my internal sensors, I understand I'm definitely not prepared for that. And I really need to <laughs> yeah. put time into that versus... Oh, like, yeah. oh, we'll be good. You yeah. know, so like I, I know how to gauge that a little bit better. So like the heat's still on, but it's not burning my feet. Yeah. No, that's a great way of putting it. And there's a quote that I really like. You're probably going to be surprised to hear me quote Beyonce, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> um, and I use it when I teach presentations in public speaking because, you know, mm-hmm. the thing that holds people back as public speakers is fear. Make no mistake about it. That's what holds people holds people back. And the quote that I use in that class is Beyonce once said, I get nervous when I don't get nervous. Mm. And that's it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like that tension between you want to have skin in the game, you want to care, and then you got to get over it really fast and be on whatever stage it is you're going to be on. And and like you said, it's it's when we over deliver. Mm-hmm. It's when we like, all right, I'm gonna do my best, and then I'm gonna add a little bit of sprinkles on top to make sure that. And then it's incredible the feedback you get because yeah. then they give you all this praise, like, oh my god, you did great. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, man. Well, and it's like you should have seen the first time I practiced this presentation yeah. by myself. You know, it was ridiculous and bad, and it was yeah. terrible. And and the reason it's good is because I did it four time, four more times. Yeah. And I, I just don't perform as well when there's not pressure. Yeah, like for sure. I have done things worse because I got so comfortable. It's like I don't even need to prepare, and I'm like, I really bombed that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> you, know? you need that reminder every now and then. I think that's that's a life lifetime lesson. Yeah. All right. So we've talked about career path. Anything else you're working on that's important to you that you make sure you want to mention? Um, I, th- I think in the grand scheme of things, I'm just kind of changing my perspective on mm-hmm. on what I see this chapter of my life being, yeah. you know, because in my 20s, in my early 20s, I made a decision and I told myself, I'm, I'm just going to say yes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say yes to opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that's what ended, you know, this super crazy convoluted path that is my career. Yeah. I mean, what I haven't mentioned is I was a professional photographer for like five years. Oh, wow. During those days okay. in Darlington. Yeah, I forgot about that. You know, I, yeah. just, I just jumped into all of yeah. these things because it was like... Let me just try and let me see and let me whatever. So I spent my early 20s experimenting, saying yes to jobs, saying yes mm-hmm. to opportunities, figuring out how we do it later, you know, all of those things. 
And now that I'm in my 30s, I just turned 30 in April. Now I'm saying, okay, I've done a lot. How do I focus and how do I build a legacy? Yeah. And, you know, by legacy, it's like, how do I build companies that are profitable? Mm -hmm. You know, that it's not just, ooh, this is fun. Like, no, I have to make money now. I have to, you know, now make more passive income. So I think in my general scope of where life is taking me, um, that two turning into a three made me really focus. What do you want now that you know people and you've done stuff and you've got some some you know some notoriety behind you? How do you use that to build something not only for myself but for the greater good? How do I make an impact? And that's why the show's special because we went from FounderSpark doing local stuff yep. to now us putting a show that can be heard by anyone yep. anywhere for free. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and some of it too, and I, I see this in you. There's a point in your career where you get as interested, and sometimes even more interested, in helping other people mm-hmm. than you are in in growing yourself. Now you're a little young for that to happen, mm-hmm. but it is nice when you can have it both ways. It's like I'm still going to learn, I'm still going to grow, but I'm doing some things over here that I hope are helping other people, and that's really fulfilling too. Yeah. And I, I think with everything, it's been like, I have to enjoy it. I can't fake it. I can't work in an environment that I don't enjoy. Yeah. I, I will grind day and night all the time, as long as there's a why behind that. Yeah. And, you know, Simon yeah. Sinek, love all that content because I'm a very driven person when it comes to passion and, mm-hmm. and I'm a very extroverted, connected type of person. So everything I do has to be around making an impact. And, yeah. you know, the myth of you can do good or you can make money, like I don't buy that. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how do you make money and make an impact all at once. And um, I didn't see a blueprint for it. So I just kind of made my own path and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm super happy about it. Cool. All right. Well, let's synthesize this down into a few quick hit questions. Yeah. Um, the speed round of the show, if you will. So the first one is about building a successful career. What do you think is most important in terms of career fulfillment? When I say career, that could be a job. It could be an entrepreneurship um, initiative. Could be, you know, whatever it is that drives your passion. What's the most important thing about getting where it is you want to be? I think it's being able to explore and pivot. You know, when I look at my life, I couldn't plan any of this out, but because things landed on my lap and I decided to say, eh, what's the worst that could happen? Mm-hmm. I jumped in and I've met incredible people. I've learned to do incredible things. And so often we have a plan, whether you're in college or whether you've been in a career for most of your life, um, we just say, this is the path, this is the yeah. direction, but the world changes faster and faster. And now yeah. we have uh, TikTok, we have people making millions of dollars, making mm-hmm. videos online, cooking cakes and other weird stuff. Yeah. So, you know, I always encourage people, go out and try something, mm-hmm. go out and explore it, go out and ask questions because you never know where you're going to like fit in a place way better than you thought you could fit in or didn't even know there was an opportunity. Sometimes we're so okay with good that we miss out on great because yeah. we're too scared to, to derail. But things change so rapidly and the world is such a big place. So I just tell people, explore. Don't yeah. be scared to try something that's totally outside of your wheelhouse. Well, and it's really the only way to learn. I'm a big mm-hmm. believer in theoretical book learning and all that stuff. But until you try it, it's not going to stick with you. You got to yeah. do it. Um, once once you have a handle on the fundamentals, then you dive in and you try stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So here's a tough question for you. I usually ask people to describe their organization, mm-hmm. but you that would be impossible for you. Yeah. So how do you describe yourself and the work you do? If somebody stopped you and said, okay, I got 30 seconds, 60 seconds, how do you describe yourself as a professional? I think I like to 
not necessarily follow the status quo. I'm always mm-hmm. trying to figure out how can we do it differently and is the way that everyone's been doing it the best way to do it? Because you run into, whether it's marketing or whether it's networking, you run into these dry things that everyone doing that everyone is doing because that's how it's always been done, right? Mm-hmm. Marketing being one thing where there's so many people saying the same thing, but like we have TikTok now. Now people's attention span is totally different. Now yeah. how people listen and learn yeah. and connect is totally different. You have new generations. So, I mean, I think that for me, I'm future focused with everything I do. What is the future of entrepreneurship and how mm-hmm. do we start to reach and connect with a 15-year-old who's interested mm-hmm. in entrepreneurship? So it's yeah. not just go to college, mm-hmm. go to college, go into skilled trades or, yeah. you know, be an entrepreneur. And even with with marketing or design, what's going to be relevant in the next 20 to 30 years? So for me, I think I'm always looking for the future and I'm always trying to make sure that the thing we're doing, we're not just doing it because that's what people expect, but we're doing it because it's actually doing something. It's making an impact, whether that's the interviews I have, the designs I'm doing. I'm trying to think about everything for the next 20 or 30 years and let's kick up some dust and figure out if there's a better way or a different way so we don't just fall into stagnance. Yeah. Well, and, and you're at an interesting point in your life slash career, and I'm kind of reflecting on what I, what it was like for me when I was 30. And you're at this point now. When I was early 30s, it's when social media first started to become a real thing. Mm. And I was like, Oh, no. (laughs) Everything I've learned is going out the window. And I still have, hopefully, 40 years of work left. I got to figure this out. Um, For you, you've got AI and AR and VR Mm -hmm. and (laughs) all this other stuff. The metaverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've heard about Facebook talking about something I've been looking into is NFTs. Yeah. Not just, you know, for flipping them or selling them, but people are talking about their uses in real estate. Yeah. They're talking about if you own... NFTs, it could give you specific access to parties and people just Mm -hmm. because you're a part of. So it's like the way we're going to interact and do things and where the capital goes, it's all changing so quickly. So for me, I'm in that same boat because now things are changing at an even faster pace than they were 10, 20, 30 years ago. Oh, for sure. It's like, oh, man, I don't even, we can't even recognize what things are going to look like in 10 years. So you've got to strap on and you got to be on that ride. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's going to be really difficult. Yeah. And by the way, if anyone wants to buy this episode as an NFT for $12 million, let's talk. Yeah. Okay. So the last question, um, you know, with everything that's happened over the past year and a half, and and I'm not just talking about COVID, I'm talking Mm -hmm. about all the changes we've been through. You know, you've had some, some changes during that time in your personal life. You've had some changes in your career. What's the thing you've learned in the last couple of years that maybe you didn't know before that you think is going to stick with you for the rest of your career, at least into the foreseeable future? I mean, I I think the biggest thing is you just don't ever know what's going to happen. You just don't. I mean, COVID aside, just everything, I couldn't have... My life was radically different a year ago than what it is Mm -hmm. now, partially because of COVID, but partially because I just made that decision to just... Mm -hmm stop doing the same old stuff that I was doing. Yeah. So, you know, I think that a lot of times we just kind of fall into this this rut of, well, this is my life. This is my job. This is my career. At any point, it can all completely change when you decide to change it. I'm not saying it's easy. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not scary as hell. Yeah. But you can leave the job and you can find a better job. You can do whatever yeah. you want. It just takes a little bit of courage and like one step. Yeah. One step. I, I always tell people who are scared to start a business. 
I'm not asking you to start the business. I'm saying, can you spend 30 minutes a day doing research? Mm -hmm. Can you follow other people that are doing what you're doing? Yeah. So those little steps can, you know, bring such a bountiful harvest down the line. And you're always going to be glad that, that you did it. And if not, you just want to be authentic to yourself. So just don't think that you know what's going to happen. Don't think you know where you're going to end up and be open to new and different things. Yeah. Well, Aaron, I really appreciate you being with us on this episode. I really appreciate you. I appreciate the opportunity to work with you. It's been a lot of fun and I'm looking forward to the next stuff we work on. Yeah. I think this is the shortest conversation we've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you put microphones in front of us, it yeah. kind of calls attention to the fact that other people are involved and we got to end somewhere. So, right. well, thanks again. And thanks to everyone who took the opportunity to listen to this episode of the Asher Marketing Podcast. We'll be back next time with another great guest, and we hope you'll join us then.